Throughout history, thousands of civilizations, tribes, First Nation territories, and groups of people have long shared their historical accounts of giants, star people, enigmatic beings entering and leaving this plane of existence through mysterious locations, and more specifically, portals. Does the Bible offer any corroborating evidence that explains the existence of portals like the one I just described? And if so, is it possible that these portals still exist today? What role in Bible prophecy might they play in the days ahead? Today's guests are here to discuss all of this and more right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Skywatch TV. I'm Joe Artis Horn. Today, we conclude what has been a spectacular investigative series of programs that have been nothing short of historical and totally groundbreaking, featuring the brand-new documentary series called Angels and Giants, The Watchers, and The Nephilim. But before we dive into today's final panel on the discussion, watch this short excerpt. This is Plaza de Armas in Cusco, Peru. This is the region where the strongest evidence for the presence of the Watchers and the Nephilim on Earth can be found. And this is probably the largest megalithic wall in the world. The Inca found this site, so they decided to build here. When the Spanish first arrived, they were completely blown away. And they said, did you build this? And the Inca said, no, this was here when we got here. This is the biggest. 125 tons. Are you capable of meeting with the Watchers, the Guardians? In our culture, from the fifth level of consciousness and higher, it is like having an afternoon meeting. Rabbit ears on a cat figure, which represents the Son of God, Horus. And you have the Tree of Light with the snake, so it's one of the chaos creatures coming out or through the Tree of Life. What the Son of God is doing is he is crushing the head of the serpent and then slicing it off. What it says in the hieroglyphs above here, he will strike your heel, but you will crush his head. This pyramid is 2.3 million blocks, the smallest of which is two and a half tons. The biggest ones, the bigger ones, are up to 15 tons. These nodules, we also saw in Peru. And how can there be nodules here and the same exact type of architecture literally halfway across the world in Peru? Very separate civilizations, same technology. Why? Welcome back to Skywatch TV. I'm Jordis Horn. What you watched, ladies and gentlemen, was just a small snapshot of what is a part of a much bigger body of work in Angels and Giants, The Watchers and the Nephilim, and of course the companion DVD, Angels and Giants, illuminated two giant bodies of work. And they really needed to be in order to make up this massive docuseries. But before we get into today's discussion, let me introduce who's in-house. 
He's a television and documentary film producer who's worked with countless media outlets like Fox, MTV, CBS, and more. His works include Gentle Grace with Kathy Lee Gifford, Jesus the Search Continues with John Ankerberg, and the legendary Apocalypsis, the final warning docuseries on Inspiration TV. Please help me welcome Mr. Rudy Landa. He's the author of the best-selling titles, Giants, Sons of the Gods, Covenant Theology, Christ in the Old Testament, and the Q&A companion to the late Dr. Michael Heiser's best-selling supernatural game-changer, The Unseen Realm. Please welcome Mr. Douglas Van Dorn. He's a multi-time, critically acclaimed, best-selling author, award-winning documentary film director, and the founder of Skywatch Television, Dr. Thomas Orne. His broadcasting career has spanned over 25 years and counting. He's the best-selling author of the groundbreaking books, The Great Inception and Last Clash of the Titans, Mr. Derek Gilbert. I use the word spectacular because the audience has been here as we've journeyed through this four-part series. Am I overusing the word spectacular? No. no. Angels and Giants, The Watchers, and The Nephilim, and it's no exaggeration whatsoever when we talk about the need to spread this thing out, Rudy, over four one-hour parts. This is not your traditional documentary film, you know, one and a half hours in length. And then there was so much filmed, so many expeditions taken by you and your team that it had to have a companion DVD, Angels and Giants Illuminated, just to, just to put the additional interviews. And like you described a couple of weeks ago, these moments where people like Dr. Thomas Horn can just decompress. Almost felt like you were sitting in the presence of two guys visiting. They really take kind of the long route around the mountain and really unpack the material. Uh, last week, we just teased ziggurats and what the explanation behind that word and use is. And of course, uh, the crowd exploded when Doug gave his commentary on Jesus being in the middle of all of that. You know, just the stuff that you never hear framed this way until you come to Skywatch TV and listen to these men of high intelligence uh, just unpack their thoughts. In my open, I talked a bit about portals. Mm -hmm. And last week I kind of mentioned that people today are seeing stuff, Doug. They're filming things they can't explain. And there will be those skeptics that will toss all of the you know, babies out with all of the bad bathwaters, and they'll say that this is all curated footage, deep fakes, you yeah. know, and, and artificial intelligence and stuff. Well, most of this video is propaganda or silly. But we as believers know that there's a good deal of these videos that are capturing craft in the sky. You sat here, I believe it was last week, and talked about having a camera on some of the locations where you filmed, staring at the lens of your camera and seeing what you described as orbs floating by, but then looking into the room and even bringing eyewitnesses. In. For, for, ladies and gentlemen, parts of my team, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Believers that accept Bible prophecy and they understand the relevance in the Bible of things like portals fully accept a lot of the assertions in this film. To those that are skeptic, I think you guys did a brilliant job being very persuasive. People that aren't necessarily fans of Bible theology can watch this work and go, you know, I don't know about Rudy, but this is a phenomenal and very <laughs> persuasive, right? I don't know about this Joe Horn Skywatch guy, but this is a very <laughs> persuasive body of work. In the series Angels and Giants, you guys spent a good deal of time exploring the Southwest and the heavy, heavy presence of stories 
historical accounts, visiting with natives, and getting uh, you know, early nation members at high levels to talk to you about their accounts of giants and what they described as portals and star people, their lore and traditions. And Doug, you're a Colorado man, not quite Southwest, but definitely in the heart of First Nation territories. In your view, how much discussion of giants and watchers is there in Native American lore when you actually sit down and talk with them? Well, we interviewed a couple of First Nations for the show, and they will tell you that there's a ton of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it. As far as watchers go, just name the gods, and they're probably on a mountain somewhere. I have a good friend who's a missionary down in uh, one of the Indian reservations in Arizona. Their god lives on the mountain just right that you can look at right over oh, the, wow. the area. And they're terrified of this deity. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the watcher idea of it. The giant lore, goodness, it's everywhere. You go back to Magellan and Cortez and, and uh, the explorers of South America. They have giant stories everywhere. The presidents of the United States, George Washington uncovered a seven-foot skeleton. Uh, Jefferson met with uh, this giant uh, head of a tribe. All the rest of the people in the tribe were little, and this guy was cream of the crop. He talked to mm -hmm. the guy, looking up to him, you know. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln has an address where he's talking about these mm -hmm. giant bones scattered over the whole area as he's speaking at Niagara Falls. The, the lore of these entities, creatures, are all over the Americas. Yeah. Well, and you coming from Colorado, you're probably familiar with the Sand Canyon Pueblo uh, work that was done out of the University of Colorado. There in San Canyon, uh, you know, there, there were these Indians that lived there in the 1200s. And all of a sudden they disappeared, just gone. And so Colorado University went to San Canyon to do excavation work, archaeological. You're talking about the Anasazi? Well, it's in the area, the same place where the Anasazi, uh -huh. it, whether these were specifically Anasazi tribe or not, I don't know. But the point is, they disappeared around the same time that the Anasazi, who were living in the cliff dwellings there in the Four Corners, also suddenly disappeared, leaving behind bags of salt. I mean, they were in a giant hurry to get out of there. And it's very interesting, Joe, because when me and you and Steve Quayle were down inside one of... Remember, they had to unlock the gate to yeah. let us into yeah. an area that's not accessible by the public. And so we go down inside there. But our Indian guide got angry when we started talking about uh, giants and how they could have been involved in the cannibalization yeah. of the Anasazi. And he's like, we're not Sand Canyon. That's not what happened here. Uh -huh. So he inadvertently confirmed uh -huh. what we had already discovered out of this university study. But the, but the dig there, folks, I mean, you, you can't hardly imagine. First of all, Indians of unusual size that had gigantism or whatever, but these were very tall Indians. Some of them, double rows of teeth. Oh, yeah. Some of them with malformed heads, polydactyism. I mean, just six fingers, six toes on each hand. So many of the things that are connected to uh, the, uh, the ancient giants. But here was the part that jumped out at me. They found that these people had literally been torn to shreds. Mm -hmm. They had literally been pulled limb from limb. Mm -hmm. And they even found bones that they connected through DNA back to this site that were 200 miles away where whatever was grabbing these human limbs were carrying them just like food. And like I was saying to Rudy, you would say, well, you can't eat you know, a dead human over two or three days without refrigeration or salt. You're going to get sick. But not if you're Nephilim because they were a blend of human and animal and animals can eat dead things uh, forever. So they, they just found some things that opened so many doors in our mind. The idea that the mountainous areas 
uh, in the Four Corners areas, other places. That's what we found at Mount Graham. We went up to Mount Graham. I won't go into the whole story, but when we came down, I went on, you know, our mutual friend, Sid Roth, Mm -hmm. I went on his show, uh, and I'm telling him all about, you know, what was going on on Mount Graham. But I said that the uh, Apache Indians, they had joined the environmentalists there to uh, file a federal lawsuit to try to stop the University of Arizona, the people that wanted to build this uh, big observatory on the top of that mountain. Uh, And I had assumed that that they were fighting that because they were there before us. This is something like a cemetery. Their forefathers and foremothers had grown up there. Some of them had died on the mountain. They didn't want a bunch of machinery up there, you know, tearing this place up. This is holy ground. Said that on Sid Roth. Then I get an email from a member of the Apache tribe. And he said, hey, everything you said was fine and dandy, but it's not the real picture. He said, the reason we didn't want them up there is because Mount Graham is one of the four holiest mountains in the entire world to all indigenous peoples. And why? Because it is, what he said to me, what you would call a stargate, a portal, Mm -hmm. a doorway, a specific Mm -hmm. geographic location through which entities have entered into and exited our world since the dawn of time. So it's all over the Americas. You know, we haven't mentioned this. I think it's important to at least say it uh, because it relates directly to portals and the other world. And I'm thinking of like Skinwalker Ranch that's near me. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of the San Luis Valley. The uh, fellow named Christopher O'Brien's written three books on the San Luis Valley. It's completely crazy. All this UFO, mm-hmm. Bigfoot, you name a cryptid, it's probably been seen down there. What's going on? Well, I think it has to be related at least in part to the demonic, maybe also mm-hmm. to the watcher. But why? Well, every single Jew up until at least the early second century believed that when a Nephilim dies, it becomes a demon, that they are the origin of demons. Mm -hmm. Wow! And so you can talk about giants all you want, but when you realize that this was their explanation for the origin of the evil spirits in the New Testament, now you've moved directly into the spirit world and you can start to understand how portals can make more sense in that context. Absolutely. Well, even your, even your trip to Gilgal Raphaim, the whole word Raphaim, the shades of the dead, yep. this is something that is alive in that sense, but not in flesh. It's yep. dead. It's in the other world. And Doug, this segues really well with what I was getting ready to ask you, because a lot of times people want to see evidence and they're very fascinated when it gets photographed or videoed. Your guys' series, Angels and Giants, The Watchers and the Nephilim, you guys actually covered this account and the bones right. in Winnemucca. And of course, this is an occasion where we actually have real bones and skulls that were photographed. Tell us a little bit about how that came about for people that aren't familiar with that story. Uh, well, so Sarah Winnemucca, she was a Paiute Indian living in Nevada. And she's writing, she's the first Indian woman to ever write a biography. And she's writing in the 1880s, I think, something like that. And she tells this story of these basically eaters of the dead, mm-hmm. giant people that would eat their, eat their people. They'd come and steal them away at night. They would take the bodies and they would, when they're buried, they would uncover them and take them away and eat the bodies. And it got so bad that they had to have a war. And so this war takes place over near Winnemucca, near this cave, this called Lovelock Cave. Mm -hmm. And what's so fascinating about the story, she's writing in the 1880s, okay? She tells about how these giants were killed by her people, burned in this cave. You can go read the story in her biography. But then 40, 50 years later, there are these um, miners who find this cave, and they're like, oh, this has got a lot of bat guano in it. We use this for fertilizer (laughs) in the middle of the desert. So yeah, so they start taking out the bat guano, and there's so much of it. It's feet and feet and feet. They start uncovering these giant bones. Wow. 
And in the very same cave that she had written that these creatures died in, then they uh, found like, I think it's like a 12 foot long skeleton in the lake that's right near there. And some of those bones, when I wrote the first edition of Giants, were still in the museum and you could go to them. And since then, they've been taken away just like almost every other set of bones that we've had and you can't right. find them anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, let me ask you something, because there does seem to be this conspiracy of missing bones. <laughs> Things get videoed, they get photographed, and later the bones go missing. Who would be motivated to hide this evidence? <laughs> well, it's like, a what? whole conspiracy theory. Right. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, so my view of it, it, it involves the Smithsonian uh, and that they always seem to be coming along on these digs and, and they're there and they're overlooking it. And if it's something real, all of a sudden the bones go missing. And, you know, I've, I've played around with like, is it really just a theory or could there be something to it? And my thought is there are so many of them and it's only the Smithsonian. It's not like there's a hundred different institutions or something mm -hmm. that if even one of them is right, then there's got to be some truth to it. Right. And to me, it seems incredible that all of those stories could be wrong. That seems like more of a conspiracy theory to me than the fact that they're, that it, that they're telling the truth. If, mm -hmm. if, you, if you have the time, you can sit through hours and hours and hours of periodicals. I mean, not, not accounts, thick, you know, the, the microfilm, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and look through them and look, and you will find them. Giant bones found, giant bones unearthed. Right, right, you right. have accounts of people giving lectures on them in the 1950s, yeah. specifically about the Winnemucca bones. There are photographs that they didn't count on there being. M.K. Davis photographed them, double sets of teeth, like you, like you talk about. So it's, the gaslighting is at level 1,000. You think this is evidence, though, Absolutely. Of, of the willful destruction think, of think evidence? Think about what it would do to the whole Darwinian narrative. There you go. That's what I was going to mention is that's when we asked one of the academic, uh, you know, here's an American Indian with a PhD, teaches at the university level. We asked him, well, so, you know, where did all the bones go? I've, look, you know, you were just talking about this, and I, I, this is just a few of the pictures that I grabbed before I came here. You know, these are old newspaper yeah, we'll articles. Put them up on the and some of these, by the way, I mean, these are New York Times. These are what they would have considered then to be legitimate right. news sources. We don't today, but they did then. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Carbon County prehistoric men may have been giants, and they talk about the bones of skeletons they dug up 10 foot tall here uh, in America. Uh, the bone of nine foot man found in mound, another one where they had two, uh, different rows of teeth, like you were saying a moment ago. But you could literally publish a book that wouldn't be anything more than just these newspaper articles, one yeah. after the other, all through the 1800s and early 1900s. Right. And, and these are professors from universities that oversee the archaeological digs and the extraction. But why? Uh, it's probably John Wesley Powell uh, who went to work for the Smithsonian, and they literally declared war on anybody finding or excavating. And if they had found these bones, they were putting them in their little roadside museums or whatever. They came and confiscated wow. them and they took them away. But the academics in the Four Corners told us, we know where they're at. They're in the Smithsonian. They said they, oh, they, be right. they believe that. Right, right. And these are not ignorant men. Right. And this is all, of course, unpacked in terms of video, presentation, pictures, while Rudy and his team were on expedition all over the world in the amazing body of work, Angels and Giants, The Watchers and the Nephilim. And we want to make sure that you know how you can get your copy of this incredible docuseries right now. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back.
Christ compared the days of his return to those of Noah. Genesis 6-4 says, there were giants in the earth in those days. Are we as humans once again about to be brought face to face with a prophesied super race of malevolent giants, literally hell bent on the destruction of the image of God and his people? What modern day mystery surrounding Gilgal Raphaim, the ancient wheel of giants, might be linked to a sudden hyper acceleration of end times prophecy? Skywatch TV is proud to unveil for the first time anywhere, the docuseries that uncovers what Bible scholars have missed for hundreds of years, the Angels and Giants Expedition Collection. When you order this phenomenal new collection, you'll receive the Angels and Giants, the Watchers and the Nephilim four-part docuseries on DVD. This groundbreaking new series travels the world and unveils for the first time ever archaeological, cultural, and even spiritual evidence of the existence of fallen angels and giants here on Earth, beings whose allegorical, historical, and even physical handprints have remained purposely hidden behind the veil by wicked, anti-God evildoers. Until now. Join producer and director Rudy Landa, along with Tim Ross and their incredible team of scholars as they travel thousands of miles around the world to investigate dozens of ancient locations like Gilgal Raphaim, known as the Wheel of Giants, the megalithic structure in Israel that many prophecy experts believe was the place of biblical legend where Moses encountered an ancient species of giants when Israel settled in the land of Canaan and may even be the tomb of King Og, the king of Bashan. Featuring interviews with world-renowned experts in ancient history, biblical theology, and academia, like Dr. Thomas Horn, Doug Vendor, Carl Gallops, L.A. Marzulli, Robert Putty Putman, Fritz Zimmerman, Stephen Wondernick, and Chief Joseph and Dr. Laura Lynn Riverwind, The Angels and Giants, The Watchers and the Nephilim four-part docuseries on DVD, brings you face-to-face -face with the truth about biblical portals, ancient star gods, the Book of Enoch, the rebellion in heaven involving fallen angels that brought about the birth of giants, a race of super beings known as the Nephilim, and the possibility of their imminent return here on Earth. But that's not all. This brand new collection also includes the Angels and Giants Illuminated Companion DVD. This standalone masterpiece takes you on an expedition of epic proportion. Join as the experts from the Angels and Giants series continue their examination of biblical giants, the Watchers and the Nephilim. You will explore the mysteries of ancient megalithic structures and learn why so many First Nation tribes and civilizations share the same origin stories rooted in the existence of giants and what the Bible has to say about about all of it. Sold separately, these items in the Angels and Giants Expedition Collection hold a retail value of $85. Yours right now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. You can scan the QR code on your screen right now using the camera app on your phone to place the order at the skywatchtvstore.com or call 1-844-750-4985 and ask for the Angels and Giants Expedition Collection today. Welcome back to Skywatch TV. I'm Joe Horn, Rudy and Doug. Uh, as we wrap up this series on angels and giants, the Watchers and the Nephilim, I would be remiss. I've talked many, many times about your team, this group of men and women that went with you all over the world to get all of this B-roll and, and to join you on your many expeditions. But Tim Ross, 
This is going to be the face that you see almost narrate the whole series. Absolutely. He did such right. a good job in terms really of good. engagement and holding your really attention good. and his voiceover work. Just a spectacular cast for the center of this. So we, we want to make sure we don't fail to mention Tim Ross because he did just such a good job, such a compliment yep. to this whole series. With just a few minutes left on the clock, though, I'd love to get your final thoughts for the guest at home and here in studio audience. Sure. Did this project in any way as you were putting it together over the three years that it took to compile all four one-hour parts to the docuseries, did it change you in any way as a writer slash producer? Did you learn anything as you trekked through this in terms of the supernatural realm? Were you sobered by any particular encounters or events? And the same question to Doug. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, the, the word has kept coming up since the first week we did this, which was congruence. Um, it was, it's been very eye-opening to see at its lowest common denominator, the evolution of the style, if you will, of the evil one that kind of progresses with technology, if you will. We're depending on, on the yeah. mystic and on this and that, um, and, and it moves as he evolves. The purpose is still the same, is to take down as many with him as he's, as he's able to do. And I've seen that, um, especially when we started delving deeper into things like the modern versions of that, like, like the New Age. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many congruences to 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 this entire narrative with the practices of the new age of the new age world. That was a big eye opener for me because um, because it really shed a light on just how active um, after the souls of men the devil still is, and how just by tweaking the presentation he accomplishes a lot. Mm -hmm. So so that was a big eye opener for me. And what I want the viewer to take away from this is that a lot of this is, is our interpretation as best as we can. Study it. Please study it. Get in there, you know. What will the Holy Spirit reveal to you? Yeah. Study it. Get in there. Roll up your sleeves and let the Lord speak to you. Mm -hmm. Doug, as you adventured through this series as well, same question. Did you find that there were moments that struck you, that you, you, know, you want to leave with the viewer in terms of a final commentary? First of all, this is an ongoing thing. Uh, it, I, there's so much to learn about sure. it. It just it, every place you go, it's a deep dive into a new place. And being there with Derek and Sharon just a couple of weeks ago in Israel to do some of the same places that we were at filming the show, I, I learned so much more then. But to me, I think what I want to take away is this: the last three years in this world. I don't want to get too political, but I kind of do. <laughs> it's been bizarre, completely yeah. crazy. And there are yeah. some very, very wicked agendas that I know you guys talk about mm -hmm. with the missing children and with uh, what they're doing with our medical industry and mm -hmm. to the people of this earth. And I honestly, and I've talked to other yeah. people that will say the same thing, it's having my eyes open to these specific things with the watchers and the giants, what they are, the supernatural realm, the entities that these people are literally worshiping. Yeah. That helps me to be able to make sense of what so many people are fearful of wow. right now. And people are living in absolute terror and they don't really know why. And I think it's because they lack knowledge. They don't know how to make sense of what's going on Absolutely. around them. This gives me the ability to make sense of what's happening in a way that if I didn't understand this, I have the peace of Christ always with me. Um, I know that he wins, but having the ability to see what's going on in the world um, more than just the knowledge that God is with me makes all the difference in the world to how I live my life. And I think yeah. that this is completely relevant to that. Right. The yeah. spirits that are behind mm -hmm. this 
are the same ones that are currently today Absolutely. behind all of this, uh, you know, all of all of the polymorphing of our medical industry, and the want and the wish to resurrect these entities. Mm -hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, have you enjoyed the last few weeks on this series? Angels and Giants, The Watchers and the Nephilim, you simply must make sure that you get your copies of those incredible works. Rudy, Doug, Tom, Derek, thank you so much for joining us throughout this entire last month of television. For everybody on panel and everybody in studio, keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back.